You're listening to Reflections, a soul music podcast with Jamie and Ash, where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs. Welcome to the Reflections Music Podcast, podcast where we discuss classic albums. Uh, I'm Jay, mm. as always, and I'm with my man Ash. How you doing, Ash? All good, all good. Really, um, yeah, really happy with the last episode. Really happy with the last episode. If you've listened to it, yeah, give us some feedback. Let us know what you were thinking. And is is there a best album of the three that we've done so far? Like, is there a definitive top top album out of those three powerhouses? I know my opinion, but it'd be it'd be interesting to to see what you guys are saying. But yeah, no, really good, really good. I've been such a flip flopper on what my favorite is. It's like every time I listen to one, I'm like, no, it's, it's got to be this one. And then, oh, so the Erica one, yeah, at the moment, that's that's the one that's in my head at the moment. Okay. So currently it's her. Anyway, so the album we're doing today, because I don't think we've spoken about it. Oh, I'm I'm doing well, by the way, Ash. I I, I just got to say yeah, one thing, actually. I'm doing well. Um, it's hot outside. Lockdown is easing. Yeah. Football's back. Liverpool are winning, all but won the league. And, and winning well. Winning well. And winning well. All but won the yeah. league. Only got like amassed two more points. Um, we won't talk about Arsenal. <laughs> we won't. We won't it's talk not about a not a football podcast. And do I, I don't want to put Let's you through. Do I don't want to put you through that pain. Anyway, you know what? I really like seeing Zaha getting injured yesterday, and I just thought, oh, man, at least it's not just us. <laughs> at least someone else can lose a key player to injury, oh, and it's man. not just us muggy selves. Oh man! Like, yeah, yeah, it's been really bad for you guys. Anyway, the album we're doing today is "True to Myself" by Mr. Eric Benet. Now, sometimes I speak to people about Neo Soul. And we do the whole, oh, D'Angelo this, Maxwell that. And then I will say, I'll put a name like Eric Benet or Rassan Patterson. And I'll get quizzical looks. I feel like people don't know Eric Benet, Ash. And, which is weird to me because he produced two quality, quality albums. Which really add to the whole Neil Soul catalogue. How do you feel about it? Agreed. I I think he is he is known for all the wrong reasons. All the wrong damn reasons. All the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, trying to find some interviews and stuff, and everyone they oh. all just go back to his his indiscretions as a husband, and actually probably it would all go unnoticed if it wasn't that he was married to the great Halle Berry who at the time of their marriage was like the top of the top of the top of the, the top. Um, but he, he uh, I can't not agree with what you just said there. Uh, and doing the research on this, I forgot how much I loved this album. Like, it's so good. I know we say this a lot, uh, what, or I say it a lot, but it's a Stone Cold banger. <laughs> it really is. And back to what you were saying about known for all the wrong reasons. My brother sent me a WhatsApp yesterday. Had no clue that we were recording this podcast today. Didn't know we were going to do Eric <laughs> Benet. 
he was listening to the album, right? He sends this to me. Talks about one of the songs, All in the Game. He goes, banger. Mm. And he goes, Halle Berry should have known better. LMAO. <laughs> I'm like, dude, why couldn't you just say the song was a banger and leave it at that? Halle Berry should have known better. So he's, he, he literally is known for all the wrong reasons. It's a damn shame. It's a damn, damn yeah. shame. Anyway. Big time. Let's get some facts about it and then let's start talking about this stuff. So, album recorded between 1994 and 96. Um, yeah, so a two-year period. That makes sense when you see, uh, when you hear some of these release dates coming up. Um, it was released September 24th, 1996. It was on Warner Brothers, or which later became Warner Music Group, I think, in that kind of order. And then uh, producers and writers. So not many well-known people on here. Um, obviously, you've got Eric Benet, he's one of them. And then you've got um, three people. No, two other people, which seem to be his writing team moving forward on a um, later album. So you've got DeMonte Posey and George Nash Jr., which I think is Eric Benet's cousin. Uh, and they're pretty much on most of the tracks, apart from the Roger Troutman produced one and another one, which was done by a fourth guy called Christian Warren, who has credit with Music Soul Child or on a Music Soul Child album. Um, he's the only one that okay. I could find that's done other stuff. But it seems to me similar to uh, Maxwell, where he has a team. He's he's got he's had a team, and he's stuck with his team throughout. Um, yeah. So that is that really. Anything you want to say about the release? I remember we were doing was it the Maxwell podcast, and I assumed it was Maxwell, uh, and then Eric uh, um, Eric Badu, and then you were like, no, yeah. Eric Benet came out before, which surprised mm. me, and I totally forgot. But if you if you if you talk about the label game, you know, and him being on Warner, it coming out in the September, that's a third quarter release. They're giving it time to build up to Christmas. Like by all accounts, this this would have been right. This is our neo soul guy for this quarter. This is our '96 guy. This is our Maxwell. This is our D'Angelo. This is what we're bringing to the table, um, and then pinning their hopes on him and. It's, very good bet because it's a solid solid quality album and i know if it really has the the standout hits like big 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 tunes there's some singles on there but i don't know if they're like the greatest songs ever written in that ilk but as a body of work from track one pretty much all the way through like it's grooves it's soul it's vocals it's arrangements it's musicality like it is it's solid so solid really good it really is there's there i would say there's only one song that i that i just can't listen to um it's it's very from start to finish like you say you can just put it on and you're like this is quality in terms of not being not having standout hits i think the problem with the album I think there's two problems, <laughs> not a problem, but the album doesn't have, it doesn't have a a theme, a common theme, whereas, stylistically, I mean, so you listen to D'Angelo, Maxwell, Erica's, their music, it all ties in, and I think the one problem ties in with each other, um, like, 
thematically and stylistically. Whereas I feel like Eric Benet's problem on this, in terms of wider appeal, was that it's really quite an eclectic bunch of songs, all within a soul genre, obviously. But it's he goes from funk, he goes from funk to to straight up like seventy slow jams to acoustic old school rhythm and blues type songs it's 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 a mixed bag but for someone like me i like that that appeals to me but to a wider audience they might like oh i I like that release and i want more of that kind of style and then they'll get something like true to myself and then it'll go to femininity anyway you get my point but we'll get into it as we start going through the singles so ash first single first single released is Let's Stay Together. Now on the album, there are two versions. What? What? That's the first release. <laughs> you didn't know. You didn't know. That's the first no, release, I my man. It. This is the best thing about it. That's why I don't do it. I let you do it. Okay. So then if I'm prone, like you get the full reaction. I was, mad I was actually wondering if you actually knew that this morning. I was just thinking, I wonder if Ashley knows. Yeah. First release, man. And it was released thirtieth wow. of January '96. Now, okay, a long way uh, before the release of the album, which was in the September of that year. Now, it was released early because it was part of a soundtrack to a movie. The movie wow. is Martin Lawrence's *Thin Line Between Love and Hate*. <sighs> now, what a film! What a film for a classic, right? Now, my. Th- feeling is that they didn't know when to release his album and it was it was put on there as almost like a teaser let's see what it does right and it probably did very like better than they expected and then it was like because I don't think it just seems like why would you why would that be the opening release I don't think it was I just think oh someone from the studio said, oh, we're putting the soundtrack together. Warner, who do you have? And they was like, oh, let's put this song on there and let's see what, what, what it does. Does well. Mm. Soundtrack does really well. Um, and then it's like, wow, this, this is going to have to be a thing. Anyway. Yeah, written... I mean, I, did, I didn't even know it was on that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when I, when I think of that soundtrack, it's, it's the lead song. I think it was H-Town, A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Exactly. That's that. the only song I ever think about mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about that film and that soundtrack in exactly. a time when soundtracks mattered. They and it was mattered actually, uh, like hell. Uh-huh. Uh, it, was a, it was a big deal to put together an album soundtrack and to, to put it, to have someone on there or to have something on there. It reminds me of um, the first Men in Black album. Mm-hmm. The Men in Black soundtrack has a track from Alicia Keys on it. And right. it's that's at least two years before songs in A minor, mm-hmm. maybe one year before. And similar to what you just said, uh, an example of a label having someone who, right, we've got this person here. Let's put our song out. Let's get some feelings out for it. Let's mm-hmm. see what it's like. It will be a bit of filler for the album, for the soundtrack, but also it will enable us to get this name out there, get it associated with some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and see what kind of reactions we get back off of it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. This one's written by Eric Benet, George Nash Jr., and produced by the three dudes, Benet, Nash Jr., and it's DeMonte Posey, but in true 90s fashion, he wants to go by just DeMonte, 
because in the, in the 90s, everyone <laughs> had a name like Demonte or Devante. It seems like that's a thing. Okay, cool. It um, it charted on the US R&B charts. Um, it peaked at number 20. I absolutely love this tune. I didn't want to like when it came out. When I, well, when I saw the video on the box, as we used to watch the box back in those days, I was I was a bit weirded out by it because I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for more more of this earthy. I mean, he had China bumps, Ash, which I later realised that it was just like he was st- he was getting ready to start his locks. But they he had China bumps in the video. <laughs> And I was just like, he had like these beads on around his neck. And I'm like, I just don't know what's going on. Um, Mm. But the thing that struck me more than anything was his voice. And Mm. talking about um, the record companies, you know, putting him on that soundtrack and stuff like that. I think the reason why they went with this song, it's a great showcase for his voice. I mean, Mm -hmm. he just, just going back to the the end part where he does that sort of like high falsetto prince scream thing which becomes a theme throughout throughout the album you just like it just makes you sort of like take a step back and just like wow this guy is singing the shit out of this tune and that's what it makes me feel and uh, it's um it's it's a slow jam again obviously you know i like slow jam so i'm gonna like it for that anyway but it's in the it's in a like a 70s tradition sort of like dressed up to make to be palate, made palatable for the for nineties ear, so mm-hmm. it it reminds me of something, something. If if Al Green was still sort of like making bangers in the nineties, he would have done this tune. It, it reminds me yeah, of that. It, it's got that. It's got that vibe, but obviously more overproduced. Yeah, it really reminds me of um the Al Green song "Simply Beautiful" with the guitar and that mm-hmm. kind of old school rhythm blues feel. Just love it, man. I just it's 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 quality, and. As a first release, it's mental, like you say, but as a showcase for his voice, I think it's it's on the money, and that, it probably did the job. That's how I feel. What about what are you saying about That's this cool. one? So, so it, it, it was um, it's the track that first pulled me into the album mm-hmm. that made me want to keep listening to like the album, the body of work, um, again and again and again. Um, but for me. It's all about the remix. I don't. I don't have a lot of time for for the for the original version. Are I don't mind real? it. I don't mind it, but I feel there's a reason that it's all the way back at the end of the album, whereas the remix, which makes makes no sense to do. Why would you put a remix of a track and have it in a track four of an album selection Mental. when albums mattered and you listened through track one, two, three, four, you didn't skip, you didn't, well, yeah, if you didn't like it, then you skipped through, but you listened to an album completely. We were still in the time when that's how you digested the album and they put the remix <laughs> at track four and they put the original as the final track. Mm. And I was just like, for me, it makes perfect sense. Because the remix is better. Like, it's not, I man. Love, it's not. Love, it's no I, way. <laughs> the guitar licks at the start, the way it intros, like, is just next level. Like, it sets the tone, gives us a lovely groove. You still get all of, of Benet's amazing vocals. Like, that you it's do. not cut out. 
like you get that scream that you were talking about at the mm-hmm. end mm-hmm. like it's all there mm-hmm. i just i just prefer the production on this one it's so yeah. maybe kind of leaning on what you're saying uh-huh. where it's got that that kind of more natural 70s vibe and it's a bit more overproduced yeah i feel like the remix has got more of an r&b flavor to it well it's, it's gospel might it's, be why it's really, i lean into it it's really gospel inspired it's 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 good as well it's mm. I, I listen to it i listen to them both right and i never skip it it's good i think another reason why you like it it with that gospel flavor it's got it actually reminds me of the gospel the i can't remember the name of the song but the gospel track that D'Angelo's got at the end of his album is is that kind of mm-hmm. in Higher. gospel yeah exactly yeah. there you go gospel inspired tune and it's 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 lovely as well and you're right um trying to find videos of him performing this live it's only this version it's only that version you see him perform live Rob. Second verse. <laughs> tell me why it feels so strong. Tell me, baby. baby. Tell me. Because <laughs> it's, so, it's so gospel. Yeah. It's so gospel. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I I hear you, but I, I still prefer I still prefer the video that um the version that you find in the video. I, f- I find I uh, yeah I find that sort of like speaks to me more. But hey, tastes, man. Opinion. Tastes. Opinion. But you're right though. Fine. You're right. I. The reason why I think it's number four because it it really that version your version it ties in really nicely with what's going on in R and B at the time as well. It sits more sort of seamlessly with with the era than my version. I would say that's why it's number four and that's why he performs it live all the time. But didn't make a video for it. Weird, weird stuff happened in the nineties, man. Weird decisions, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All over the yeah. place. But, and again, like I wouldn't even really, wouldn't it, I wouldn't have taken it as as a single track. I would have just like it makes sense it being on the soundtrack. Mm. But even then, I don't know if I would have released it off that soundtrack. But I need to dig into it. I, I don't know. I don't know the soundtrack well enough to say what I would have released off of that. Yeah, track. same. I don't. I don't. The film. I don't know. Like apart from the H Town song, nothing else sort of like jumps out at me from that soundtrack. So second release. Ash, you got an idea what it is? I'd like to think so, but I don't know. All right. Tell me what you think it is, and I'll tell you whether you're right or not. Okay. So, spiritual thing is the best introduction to an artist like Eric Benet. It's the best way to set it off about him and be about him. Femininity is the slow jam that they might put out to, to... get him across as the gallus that he is and it's it's got to be one of those two and part of me feels like where spiritual thing wasn't the first single they might have released femininity first and then released spiritual thing all right ash you should have gone with what you first thought the second release is was spiritual thing spiritual thing good with an a makes sense and to the point where i feel like if the whole soundtrack and let's stay together thing didn't happen, spiritual spiritual thing was was the one they were thinking of going with as the lead single because yeah. everything about it shouts lead single. Um, release crazy release date um, November nineteenth ninety six. It's a wow. it sounds like a summer jam. It's a, it's a straight summer jam, but it's yeah. released in November 90, 1996. Weird, written by. The crew, Benet, Nash, 
and DeMonte, produced by those guys. And uh, one other person, actually, I didn't mention. And the reason why I didn't mention her is because my initial research, she wasn't on any of the credits. But then when I, when I realised that Spotify also showed the credits, I had the credits there, she was in all the Spotify ones. And I feel like maybe Spotify is going to be my new definitive source. So I have to put her in. Her name is Alison Ball Gabriel. And I think what it seems like to me from what little I can find of her is that she would have executive produced this album. She worked for Warner and she would have been. And that's why she got those credits. Um, but I don't think she was actually in the studio every day with those dudes. Anyway, chart wise, number 31, US R&B. And what I've got here, the notes I make because I forget a lot of shit when I'm doing this, is that catchy summary tune perfect as an opening single to an album and artist <laughs> and i've also got here the video clearly making the point that this guy is alt r&b have you watched the video ash have you seen the people in the video yeah i, I remember it as well yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very mid-90s very so mid-90s. so mid-90s but like the eclectic band of mm. people including the band as well. It's just like straight... It's all the neo-soul tropes, right? It's got the one dude with the afro. You've got Eric Benet. He's got his little dreads now. They started to grow. Now you've got the, mm. the eclectic-looking women in there. It's just like... And it, and it's like um, multicultural as well. Did you notice that? Yeah. Which I thought... Was, which yeah. Which would have stood out in the 90s as well in terms of R&B and stuff like that. So, yeah. It's got all the tropes in there. Really, really tacky video, but really nice song really really yeah. nice song i think yeah. i actually feel like you probably like this song more than me uh maybe i don't know about that like i love a lot of what the song gives mm-hmm. um i mean there's no horns there so <laughs> it's, it's not going to be the best of the best of the best ever um but oh man putting all of that to one side um again the guitars like the way it kind of kicks in with that guitar riff and then the the organ it's a it's a such a nice build up into him kind of and he keeps it 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 happens on quite a few of the tracks actually he keeps it pretty straight on the first verse Mm -hmm. and then the second it'll give you it'll give you a a little Mm -hmm. sign chaos Mm-hmm. You know, I've got something else in my locker here. I'm mm-hmm. not just this. And he, he's actually, this is probably the best thing about him. Like the variations in his vocal delivery, the different the different things he can pick to. He can do a soft falsetto. He can do a, a high screeching falsetto. He can do a, a really deep and and raspy voice um, and get really like like really southern. Like there's a yeah. lot. Of, a lot of this album feels like it's Southern funk. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, or, or Southern funk is is at the heart of it. Where and then they sprinkle the neo soul over the rest of it, which mm-hmm. part of the reason why it kind of stands out. And like it, this is why he's in a different lane to the other guys. Um, he kind of yeah, he, he kind of created his own name with what he was doing to a certain extent. I don't feel like he quite fits in with them. No, um, no, no, no. But yeah such a groove like madness if you're releasing the album in september you put this out in july or in august and let it build and let it grow and let people get excited mm-hmm. right and then go and buy the album like it's these people yeah. doing like because i don't know i'd I, I need to look at their release schedule and see what else they were dropping but 
Yeah, it's 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 crazy as well because <sighs> it's catchy tune, like you say. He's a good-looking guy, as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, and in the video, he's got his chest out. It's it's like it's almost like they had done the video earlier to be released in July, like you say, and then something happened, like you said. Yeah. Their their release schedule was all jacked up or something. It's just 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 weird release date. It just makes no no sense. And um, I think it's reflected in in its chart. And I, it's worth more than a thirty-one peak. I mean, yeah, this is this is definitely. you know we we've spoken about it before, but like this is one people play in their cars. The GTR crew they play in their cars with a top down. This this is just a head nodder in summer. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a barbecue just, vibe. Yeah, like, exactly that. Perfect. It's a barbecue. It's the top down cruising around. You know, like I was doing it the other day. Like it's a, t- a song you turn up. It's probably the only song that I would, I would play in a in a club environment, yeah, in absolutely. a bar environment. Absolutely, I wouldn't play anything else on the album no. in that setting. No. And I don't think I ever really did play this song. To be fair, I don't, I don't I, think it. Nice it never really it. jumped out at me as one that I wanted to pull out and play. Like it could work, but for some reason, and it, and this kind of goes back to what I started with on the album that the standout hit, 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 this tune I have to play. I don't really think it has that, but it's just got so much good, solid quality that you just can't deny and you just want to listen to again and again and again. It's a great mm. tune. Yeah, and the last thing I've got here, actually, that I wanted to say was, uh, this is the song that made me take real notice of him in terms of, oh, he's not just the guy that was on the soundtrack. He's actually going to be about... A guy. A yeah, he's going to be yeah. a guy. Because this was another solid song. So he's got two solid songs now. Yeah, and it sh- it showed me that the record label was, you know, thinking about giving this guy a bit of a push. Although in those days, I didn't mm-hmm. think about release schedules. I just was like, oh, it's a tune. But looking back now, I'm like, what kind of a push were they giving him when they released this song in November? It makes no sense. Anyway, yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Ash, two, the big hit, the one the ladies love. <laughs> Femininity. Yes, I said it right first time. I've been, I've been having well done, issues. Mate. Oh man, it's, oh, I can't say this word. Released April 29th, ninety-seven. Written by Benet and that Christian Warren guy, the guy that worked with Music Soul Child. Produced by them <laughs> two as well. Like I said, his biggest here peaked number 12, the US R&B. Yeah, Ash, you tell me about this one before I get into my thoughts. don't know, it's mad moist. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> of, uh, it's, it's the song that I, I'm quite happy to skip over. Uh, if I'm listening uh, to it, uh, you've got you've got to be in the right frame of mind to listen to it. Um, that being said, it's it's a great song. Um, again, shows a different side of his voice. Um, that you know that falsetto that he runs through most mm-hmm. of the track. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like he just got so many tools in his in his like vocal locker, and and when you actually really break it down, like. How many people can actually fling it down like he can as a vocalist? Like, and and just I'll give you a bit. I can jump on this track. I can jump on that. I can do this. Like, he's he's got it all pretty much. 
Um, and yeah, and you know, it, again, it really, as I alluded to earlier, fits in with you know his ladies' man marketing push that he's given. And that, well, actually, it might be a bit more than that. But this is a good-looking guy, and mm-hmm. shown in that first video um, in the spiritual thing video that this is the way that we're going to be pushing him along, and we're going to play on that. And he's probably quite happy playing on that as well. To be fair, and um, you know, it, it ticks the boxes. Surprised they waited all the way till April, um, but you know, again, like, it was just another way of showcasing the album and getting more people to to know about it and know about him um, and hear him. But yeah, good song, not my go-to, and yeah, if anything I'm, I take from it, it's just his vocal quality. Like he's he's awesome. Like he works it really really well, and I get it. Maybe one of the reasons why we should get a girl on a podcast to give their opinion and give their flavor because they might they might they might talk it up a little bit more than what, what i'm talking about but this song well actually yeah. um i used to like this song and then my wife has ruined it for me because in the in the she no i'll tell you why she's I'll tell you why she's ruined it for me in the in the the last line of the middle eight he says the lyrics strong wild and freed and hits a high falsetto and she says it's the corniest thing that she's ever heard, ever. And I'd never noticed it because I'm a lyric guy, you know, as I've said, stated many times. And now every time I hear it, I just can't. I'm just like, moist, Eric, moist. Let you, let it go, man. Oh, man. it's so. You're right. This song is so moist. But I've got here, it, um, this is a song that sort of cemented his sex symbol status, right? Yeah, definitely. De- definitely cemented yeah. it. I mean, to the point, I mean... I didn't even know it had a video, right? I found a video. The video is moist. It's, <laughs> mo- it's so 90s moist as well. He's in a desert. How many R&B videos in the 90s did they film in desert? I could think of uh, a Boys to Men one. I could think of a Jodeci one. What was it about this damn desert? Obviously, clearly a cheap set, but damn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's so damn moist. But it is a great song. Uh, I, I once saw... Um, before... Um, when he released Georgie Porgy with um, Faith Evans, um, mm. they I saw an interview with her. She was saying, man, um, when Eric asked me to do this, I had to do it because, man, after femininity, he was the guy. That's what she said. <laughs> after she said he was the guy. And I was like, yep, that was it, man. Femininity did it. Yeah. I think he, uh, like, not my favourite, not my not my favourite song, but, yeah, this should have uh, sent him clear. Or, or put him on the way to being up there with the other other three artists that we've uh, done prior. Mm. Um, it's all a, it's all a bit odd with him. I don't know what's going on um, there, but like it's it's a slow jam. I also feel like it's the it's the most contemporary of the releases. Like if it yeah. it fits really nicely in that in that ninety nine. The 1997 era of what's going on in R&B and stuff, even though it has got those neo soul elements to it, it it fits really nicely. And yeah, I'm not surprised it's biggest hit, you know, just for that and the fact that it's he's celebrating women, and mm. they need to be celebrated. Ash, that's just the way it is. That that <laughs> they do, that they do, that yeah. they do, and they sell your records as well. So. Yes, yeah. indeed. Play to your strengths, and that was one of his strengths. Yeah. So you'd be crazy not to play to it, to mm-hmm. be fair. But you can back it up. You can back it up. 
Cool. So, last release now. Um, True to Myself, the title track, uh, released June 20th, 1997. Written by Benet and Nash Jr., produced by the team, and Gabriel, no, Alison Ball Gabriel. Um, she's on there too. And what I've got here is, I call this one Stevie Wonder Inspired along with my favorite song on the album chains that i'll speak about later these are the mm. ones these two are the ones they've got the they've got the clavinet the the stevie one the clavinet clavinet because <laughs> i can never say that word and it's got that sound and it's 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 got that 70s just 70s stevie wonder funk because you know stevie wonder kind of did funk but he did his own version of it it's not like yeah, sly and the family it's a very soulful it's not yeah, dirty it's not dirty it's not it's it's definitely not sort of bootsy collins and all them dudes it's it's mm. it's, it's his own sort of stevie wonder funk but it's got that vibe to it i love this song again video trash Sorry, Eric, if you ever listen to this podcast, sorry, but your videos were trash on this album. Um, this one is <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. But it's the it's the fourth release. Um, you know, it's it's a weird title tr- title track because you you feel like usually the title sing title track is usually the one that is going to be the single that gets released earlier. And this this is not a re- this is not really a single. This is like a an album an album track that is like well he kind of named the album after this track, so we kind of gotta release it really so we'll we will nice song really nice song i like it a lot it's it's music that i love to listen to because it's stevie wonder stuff and he's stevie wonder's along with prince my favorite artist so yeah what can i say not a single but amazing track and again great vocals on it because he is consistently great in terms of vocals i don't know what else to want to say about this one ash yeah i i, I think it's you know, I always um, look at an album, and if you're if your main lead single, which we've kind of agreed should have been spiritual thing and kind of was spiritual thing, if you can get away with your lead single not being one of the first four tracks on that album, then you're onto a good thing with this album. And mm-hmm. I think they're able to to put. I think spiritual things like track seven or track eight, and they're able to do that. Because this song introduces him as an artist into the album, like amazingly, it's not it's not too um, too funky, like you're saying. It's not heavily overproduced. It's not moist. It's just it's good groove, and the message in the song mm-hmm. is telling you what I'm about. This is me as an artist. Um, take it or leave it. Great vocals. Great message great song like the way it, it kind of builds up to that final chorus and it just it kind of drops down and then the drums come back in duh, mm-hmm. duh, yeah and then it just kicks off like mm-hmm. um it's just a really well built song and something that would have gone down really well live as well yeah, um absolutely you know like, like you said it's, it's not it's not a standout single and alludes to what i've been saying earlier not not hit hit but such good quality ticks so many different boxes yeah they, they probably didn't need to release it at all but then what else would you have released that would have kind of kept him in the lane that he was in and made 
some form of impact to justify actually releasing it because I don't think there's many other songs on there that would have if you'd have released it that would have kept him in his lane or that would have really kind of added to the momentum this one kind of does a little bit it just gets the name of the album out there more and into more people's heads so if they haven't already gone and checked out the album then maybe they will do off the back of this and and they'll go and hear it but yeah quality so ash that's the end of the releases my favorite part because i'm i'm usually an album track guy so best of the rest what's your best of the rest uh my best of the rest ah there's so much like i forgot like when i was just listening through it and i cut oh yeah i can play track two i can play track three i can play track four I can play track. Like I don't need to skip anything. Like mm. it just it moves so well. Um, I really like what he did on on while you were here. Um, I remember that song standing out to me like back in the day because um, it just felt sad and it it felt emotional and it was really good use of strings. Um, mm. And now that I've spent more time with string instruments, like I've got a deeper appreciation of the cello and like the cello on the track, like really kind of digs into the sorrow um, and pain that's just like in that track, like all mm-hmm. the way through. Um, and yeah, and again, just shows off how strong a vocalist he is Where when everything it can be kind of stripped all the way back down to just his vocal and a bit of like background production. And it does it a couple times in the song where like it all strips down and then the groove kicks back in again to to really uplift it. Um, and it, yeah, he gives a real powerhouse ad lib at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, not not falsetto screeching, just strong, powerful vocal. Um, so yeah, I really love that one. Um, I like yeah, I like Just Friends. Just Friends is fun. Um, Good chat. I'll let you talk about chains. Um, and yeah, like, you know, and again, like, all in the game, there's an amazing guitar solo on there, which he takes you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then he brings you back up with more than just a girlfriend. And what if we was cool was just fun. Like, you know, there's just, there's so much in the album. Yeah. There's so much in the album. It's just good quality songs not stuff that jumps out at you just stuff that you just press play and you can appreciate and you can listen to again and again and find something different or hear something different that they've done mm-hmm. which is again always a sign of of a good track a good album um good music and focus on the music and attention to the details um and and they've done this like all the way through like yeah can't speak highly enough of the warmth and the quality that this album brings whenever you put it on and press play. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Um, out of the ones you said, <laughs> the one song I can't listen to is Just Friends. <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I, just, I just can't listen to that song. It just, I don't know where it comes in the album. I can't remember, but it's like maybe... It's early on. Is it early on? Uh, yeah. It or is it middle? It throws me. Oh, it throws me way off. So it comes. Ah, 
that's why. So it comes right after Let's Stay Together. My, your version, or is that my version? No, it's your version. Yeah, my Whatever. version, mate. Yours is at the end. Yeah, one of them. So it comes, it comes after one of them, right? And it just doesn't, for me, it just doesn't fit. Anyway, for my best of the rest, I've got Chains, uh, What If We Was Cool, All In The Game, If You Want Me To Stay. Um, now, apart from All In The Game, like, it's clearly evident why they're, like, my best of the rest, because they're, they're all kind of funk or... Mm. Yeah, kind of funk-driven um, and inspired. I mean, Chains, to me, is... To me, it's like a straight Stevie Wonder knockoff, but in a in a great sense. Not in a... Not in a... He... You know, Eric's not... Um, he's not original. But to me, music... The musicality aside, just the fact that it's got the... Him talking about, like, social issues, the social commentary stuff, it reminds me of... Yeah. Um, uh, the Steve Wonder song is it? Um, Living in the city, in the city. Yeah, living yeah. in the city. Anyway, that mm-hmm. one. Um, just where each verse is like a story, a self-contained story, and it's just mm-hmm. it's just great. And the last verse, you know, look here, I'm a black man, and say I'm free. Still feels like somebody's got chains on me, which is really apt for what's going on in in society at the moment. So yeah, love this tune. And again, it's got the clavinet, clavinet in there. Um, it's so funky and it's just so sort of oh man it's, I I listen to this at least once a month Ash it makes me happy <laughs> it, it it seriously uh, makes me happy I, I can't get enough of chains um, and what if we were cool it sounds like what I like about this one it sounds like he was just jamming I think um, most of the guitar work on this album is done by um, George Nash Jr one of his writing partners and producers uh-huh. and it sounds like they were just jamming in the studio one day with this mm-hmm. idea and they were just like you know what why don't we just put this down this is jokes uh, it, and it's yeah. it's it's a fun song and you know he's clearly got some issues with women um, like from, <laughs> from day one <laughs> he's like <laughs> He's like, if you're sitting around in the studio and you're jamming, what if we was cool? He's like, dude, sorry that, <laughs> sorry that, my friend. And then, and then, and then, he's got all in the game. So he's like saying, what if we was cool? And then he's like, nah, loud that. It's all in the game. <laughs> it's all in the game, baby. That's how it is. Anyway, nah. See, I'm mugging him off again, and he's way more than sort of like all that bad press, but. Like you say, Ash, a lot of these songs, even the ones I didn't mention here, there's like there's a quality going through going through it, and no, like you say, no outstanding single, but just you know, it sounds like you're being disparaging by saying it's an album of album tracks, but I like album tracks, and they're excellent album tracks. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah, no, there's a difference between album tracks and filler. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. filler. It's not filler. It's solid. It's quality. Yeah, it, it, it's a strong, strong body of work. Strong songs. Oh, strong musicianship. Like, you know, and, and actually, like, hearing you talk about Chains, that's actually, if we were in a more political time mm-hmm. and it wasn't that political then, like, that, that's your single. <laughs> like, that, yeah. that's, your, that's yeah. your fourth or third single. Yeah. right there because it, it stands out from everything else it's mm-hmm. powerful as hell powerful as like, hell. It's, it's funny you talk about it being like happy like i when i hear it i think of anger and mm. and um 
not some not so much pain, mm. just like the willing the the urge to fight, the yeah. urge to step up, you know, and do something, and it really comes across in his vocal when he is he he's howling on that track at the end. Oh, he like, means he means every word that he's singing. Yeah, yeah, you hear that. It's, yes, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it, it's probably it's probably his best vocal performance actually mm. throughout the whole album. What yeah. he gives to that final chorus, yeah. um, and the, the build each time. It, mm-hmm. Again, we we hear it throughout the album where he's able to strip it down and just come in with a mad, powerful chorus that just kind of blows you away and blows you off your seat, blows your headphones off. However you're listening to it, you're like, <laughs> I need to turn it back down again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so good, so good. Yes, yeah, cool. We've gone through most of the, well, all the songs we want to talk about. We've spoken about his voice. But you know what? I think what's really important, and we touched on this at the beginning, but I thought we, we need to drill down on, on this before we, we finish, is, was two questions really. Is he underrated? And if so, why? And where is... It's like a legacy question, right? Where is his place in Neo Soul? Where is his place? Where was his place then? And where's his place now? Sort of like looking back 24 years later, you know, like I, I've got some thoughts, but I just like to hear you. So is he underrated? And if he's underrated, why is he underrated? Okay. Um, I think he is underrated because he doesn't for two reasons. The first reason and the most important reason is that musically he, you do not have the same conversation. He doesn't come up in the same conversations as D'Angelo, Maxwell, Bardu. And then the second tier, the second wave, so to speak, it doesn't come up in the conversation when you're talking about Indiari and music soul child, like Jill uh, Scott. Right. And um, let me, yeah, let me interject there. And I don't understand it. I can get, I get why he doesn't come up in the the big three, let's let's use that let's use that term. The big three, I, I get that, but I don't understand the second wave. But so I, so here's the problem. Go on. He's he's Hit not me. part of the second wave. He's part <laughs> no. of the first wave, and he's just he's just not quite. Sorry, it's not that he's not good as good because he's clearly as good a vocalist as Maxwell and as D'Angelo is. Like he's better than D'Angelo is. Like. He, he doesn't know what he doesn't have is the standout body of work. As much as we've been waxing lyrical about how good this is as an album, and it is solid and it is quality, it doesn't have the X Factor. There's no, there's no brown sugar there. There's no ascension there. There's no on and on there. And when he is, has come out in a time when he's up against all of that, when that's the marker, whereas when Music Soul Child comes, it, no, this album is better than any album Music Soul Child has done. Like, easily. Like, you know, you know I about Music Soul Child, easily. You know what? Well, but I'm a, I'm a Music Soul Child fan. Like, I've, I've got a lot of time for him and I love his first album and I'm looking forward to us talking about it. But that, that was part of a second wave which brought on new fans. So Eric Benet didn't get to capitalise on that second wave. He's not part of it. He's part of the first wave. And if you're not as good as everyone in the first wave, then you're not 
you know, you know if it's if your if your product hasn't been as good if it had come out in the second wave if it had come out at the same time as as India and Music Soul Child you know even Adwale like we'd be talking about him we'd be having more conversations about him but he didn't what he did do though was again he he played his part in making a really strong landscape for this music to flourish and prove that it could work and it could sell and it could do bits. Uh, and he did some bits, but he's probably best known for the tracks on his second album. He is. That are, that are duets with female R&B singers. Like, he, he's, not, he's not known for the soul stuff, you know? And unfortunately, it's the other thing that he gets known for, which is the other reason why he will never be taken as seriously as he should be because of all that other nonsense. Yeah, I feel like that from the second album onwards, like you say, the duets and stuff, he, I don't know whether on purpose, but he just really drilled down into that. Oh, I'm just, it's like, it's all for the ladies. I'm all going to. You know, like one of his, the tune with Tamia is considered like, like for years as the standard wedding song in America for mm. for, for a while, in certain circles. So, it, it is sad. I, yeah, I like you. I feel like he's underrated, and um, part of the reasons. But I agree with part of what you say, and then I just think that he has no. The problem he he can sing, he's good looking, he's got good songs, but he still lacks and the album's not just not it's just not cohesive now if you're me i don't care about that i just like good songs but if you're the wider public who may not sort of like who are a bit more i just want this style this is what i just want to hear throughout the whole thing then is the album's just not it's not just gonna it's not gonna sit well with with a listener you know they might come, they might come, oh, they heard Femininity. Okay, cool. I like this guy. I don't know, I want, I want more of that. Comes to the album and then it's like, what is this? Why, am I, why have I got this chain song? Or why have I got, what if we was cool? What, what is that? That makes no sense to me. So I think, I feel like that is the issue. Um, well, one of the issues is, is, is there, there are a few. The, the, the two waves thing, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I never actually thought about it in terms of, like two periods but there definitely definitely are two distinct periods yeah and it's a it's a shame and known for the wrong reasons i did say though that like you i feel like he didn't innovate anything but i i feel like he helped he added quality to the genre that was always already yeah. there right so you know he just added to the, the the quality and made it helped it push it forward just added to the momentum so which is, you know, in many ways is, is a great legacy, to be honest. And, you know, no one can take this album away from him. It is a great album. There's, there's a lot of Neo Soul albums out there that we're not going to talk about. You know, like, and he's, not in it, and he's not in that bracket. Exactly. Like, yeah. And he came out at the time when, yeah, it was... Competition yeah, was fierce. He, he, <laughs> you needed to come with it. Yeah. And to be fair to him, he came with his own style and his own thing and he didn't do a bad job at all and you know that's because he he's a great vocalist mm. there was a second question what was the second question or we covered both of them 
I think we covered both of them. The second it was like um, placing Neo Soul his legacy. Well, it's like his legacy then. Yeah. But what is it now? And then, but I think you covered those. Yeah. Yeah, the legacy now is is the duets. Unfortunately, the duets. Yeah, that's um, it. If, if we're just looking at him musically, I mean, he just had a, a big comeback back. They, well, they did like a live. Him and Tammy did a live. That's right. Version of them singing it. Yeah. You know, and it it got him so much acclaim, and it's like that's not all he should be known for. Exactly that. He shouldn't just be known for that song. Like that's not even the best song on the album, on that second album. Like you know, mm. there's so much more to that album, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's a damn shame. But yeah, it is what it is. It, it is, is what, what it is. is. It is what it is. But um, for those um, new to Eric Benet, or you only know Eric Benet via the whole Halle Berry thing, um, there's a lot more going on. Check out True to Myself. It's amazing. Definitely. And yeah. And then check out the check out the the second one. What's um A Day in the Life, right? A Day in the Life. Yeah. Yeah, second yeah. album. That's also very good. Uh, I prefer the first, but probably a bit more accessible. I would say the second album. Definitely some moments on the second album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I think if he didn't have that second album, it would be hard to to solidify him as being a case of someone that we should be talking about and should be. Oh in yeah, the, the neo soul conversation. Absolutely, you know. Absolutely, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need you need yeah minimum of two albums minimum. Um. Ash, I think that's it for Eric. That's cool. it for Eric. I'm glad I was able to redeem myself because I felt like on a couple of pods I mugged him off. I mugged him <laughs> off badly a couple of times and anyone listening to that was thinking, this guy doesn't respect Eric. But I do respect him greatly. Um, yeah. Ash, so just like on the last pod, I would like to get, just before we go, an Ashley Recommends what are you listening to this week? I've been, I saw, I've been, I've been checking out your Ezra Collective um, post dash, and I finally sat down, yeah. and listened to them, and I wasn't surprised that it's brass based. There are horns there. <laughs> I, I should have known, listeners. Actually, yeah, if, I, if but, I'm if I'm but, a man that loves guitar, still is show though. Yeah, yeah, that is true. But if piano's, I'm a man that likes guitars, Ashley's the man that likes. He wants horns. All up in all up in horns and keys, horns and keys, horns and keys. Yeah. So, but they're they're they're, they're definitely dope though. So they need to be checked out definitely. And so this week, what you got for us? Uh, I'm I'm going to give you two of the soulful variety. Mm -hmm. Um, So Marie Dolstrom, okay, uh, dropped her first album, Like Sand. It dropped a couple of weeks ago. Um, Just incredible, a Danish vocalist that's based over in the UK. Um, has worked the scene for a number of years always put it out good quality work amazing amazing vocalist like she is just mm, superb <laughs> superb um, but, but yeah a really good quality solid body of work um, which is you know in a different time I think it would be getting a lot more attention than than what it is but in the industry that we are working in now um it's it's very strong definitely worth checking out and supporting um and getting into i would so that, say so that's marie nordstrom is that right nordstrom marie dolstrom dolstrom sorry marie dolstrom and second one and then the next one is a guy called reuben james who has just dropped uh, a slowdown ep or it's called slowdown it's the slowdown ep so it's about five six tracks um again 
British guy, but has yeah has a lot of industry backing. Um, and yeah, lots of good stuff here. Good quality soul music. If you like Benet, um, he doesn't he doesn't have Benet energy. Yeah, but his music is um, mm-hmm. yeah is of the standard and of the caliber that that's all over this album. Um, it's called just been talking. It's about. called the Slowdown EP, right? So it doesn't yeah. mean there's a lot of slow jams in it because if there if there are, I'm in. <laughs> Give it a try, mate. You might like it. <laughs> all right, I will do. I will do. I, f- I feel like it's incumbent on me to check out all your Ashley recommends um, because what was the point of you recommending them? Uh, Ash, I think that is it. Um, yeah. Where can the listeners find you, Ash? Social media wise. Uh, Social media wise, do you just find look up Music is Remedy for all things musically if you want to find out about that. If you want to find out more about my my life and dad life and school life and all of that good stuff, then um, just look up Ash Roy, A-S-H-R-O-Y-E. Either of those two handles, you will find me. Music is Remedy or Ash Roy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you've got any comments or just you want to just say how great we are or how crap we are um you can do that on fire twitter on our twitter handle is reflection music reflection mus1 right yeah that's the twitter yeah. handle so reflections mus1 that's m with a you know mu- like m for music so mus1 and on instagram it's reflections music podcast that's correct right mm, cool and then yeah, so get following and get following and if you want to find me um i am on insta but i'm never on it sorry ash uh but i'm more i'm I'm mostly on twitter so you can find me on twitter jamie john cheat that is me um that sounds crazy really kind of apt for eric benet pod um (laughs) but that's (laughs) jamie john cheat um yeah that's where you can find us so you got anything to say any any thoughts whatever um and you can say whatever you like you know if you want to give us if you want to say but terrible and this is how we can improve yeah bring that on because i'd love that because uh yeah we just always want to be better and get better so yeah do that ashley cool thank you for another nice. one my man appreciate it and you and you good job good right, talking folks see you next week <laughs>